1: Welcome back inside the Jason Gregory Show, hosted by Jason Straddick on TSN 1260, along with Connor Halley. Thanks for joining us. If you want to join the show, get into our Jiffy Lube inbox at 10 so Still coming up today is Help Me Understand. Send your texts at 10 and we'll we'll get to those uh, questions for you uh, in about 20, 30 minutes' time. Hey, Stray, don't forget about Eastbound and Down as an excellent HBO program. Yes, it was. Very good one, and I got into it much after it was left, but I... Absolutely loved it. Now let's uh, turn our attention to uh, someone who needs our attention, Mr. Ryan Rashog for the Rashog Report, brought to you by NextGen Transportation, supportive of numerous youth sports teams and sponsors of the Spruce Grove transportation Saints, nextgentransportation.com. Now, Shogger, there's reports out there suggesting you stole tiny Tom Guzzola's tea time. Can you confirm or deny that, sir?
0: No, I did not steal Tom's tea time. How ridiculous is this? So our, our good friends... Over at Wies Johnson, Dennis and, his, and, and company invited us both out to their charity golf tournament today, which benefits the Down Syndrome Society and is a fantastic event, and thanks for having us out. So we invited both of us out there, and we were both supposed to bring a guest, so we both brought a guest, and there was a tiny little mix-up, and poor little Tom... Got bumped into a different cart Ah. So the paperwork on the cart Said Rashog and Gazola? But when I got there They said no, no, no You're golfing with the guest That you brought Who is cousin Steve Who's a regular contributor To the show So Steve and I golfed together Tom saw that our name Was on the piece of paper And we were supposed to golf together And he just threw a hissy fit For the rest of the day Because he, you know I mean all little brothers Like quality time With their big brother, right? Uh, and he yeah. didn't get that So no, I did not steal anything from Tom He missed out on the opportunity to golf with me And he was devastated
1: Yeah, well who wouldn't Who wouldn't want to help you find your ball 125 yards off the tee, right? <laughs> like that to me is a great you day know, Hey, you know who day. took some
0: money off me today? Who's that? I- I'm going to jump the shark here and get this story out there Flippin' Gager took some money off really? me today Wow, well, really? we were backed up at one of the holes So we decided to have a little chip off and uh, so it was like, I don't know, like a 20-yard chip closest to the, the target. And, uh, yeah, and he cleaned me up on the third chip. So I know he's going to, oh. next chance he gets on the radio or a podcast or something, he's going to get chirping at me. So I'm just stealing his thunder.
1: Well, I'm not surprised an elite athlete took money off of you. I mean, that's, it's you know, it's kind of normal, isn't it? He's
0: finely tuned, that man. <laughs> anyway, it I was a great him. day, though. So, thank you, Dennis, and the whole crew at East Johnson for having uh, for having us out for a great cause.
1: Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Well, let's turn our attention to. Uh, I think about twenty thousand people had a great time last night, uh, but not anyone wearing a Florida Panthers jersey on the bench for Florida. Just a complete game from you know minute one till till the end of the game for uh, Vegas. What did you see from Vegas that you liked last night?
0: Yeah, man, they just they they know what the formula is to win this series and they're just so committed to sticking to it right not getting dragged down into the gutter uh, not getting outside their game um, just being real solid defensively and not allowing a lot of second chances um, you know not allowing themselves to be frustrated uh, incredible work ethic just rolling their lines not overly stressing about matchups they they know they know what the formula is and they're executing it and you just can't help but wonder if Florida maybe peaked a little early here and, and that layoff maybe stole some of their mojo. The last thing that Cinderella wants is to sit around, you know, a week before the big ball, right? you gotta, you got to get in there while the momentum is happening, and it, it seems the brakes sap some of their momentum.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy when you look at it all, and just the way that they're playing. And, you know, for Florida, it just seems they. It, 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 you know, they they, they had good goaltending, and they were physical, and they were, they were also playing pretty good defensively, but it doesn't seem like they're firing on any of those cylinders now, Shager.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. And, like, I mean, they've got good players, but, like, has Barkov been noticeable for you? Yeah, so true. I yeah, mean, that is so a hell of a good player. So you could look at Vegas and say, well, look at the job that Vegas did on dry for the, you know, a good chunk of games in their series against the Orders. Look at the job that they're doing on, on a player like Barkov. Such a well-rounded, you know, good player who should be making an impact, who's having a really hard time because they're focused on him. And even Matthew Kachuk's having having a hard time finding his moments, and he's on the wrong side a lot of a lot of the big moments right now. Um, could have been a series-changing hit, though. I'll tell you that. I mean, what an absolutely devastating clean hit! And that's one thing that Kachuk kind of has a knack for. Uh, that could have been a series changer, but I, I was. Stunned to see Jack Eichel come out for the third period, man. That was that was next level tough.
1: Do you believe that Jack Eichel is changing the word on the street about him through this playoff run?
0: Yeah, you mentioned this last night on our podcast, Strud's, and I think you made a good point because if we think about what the narrative was on Jack Eichel coming into this season and these playoffs, right? It was it was more about it was. Uh, it was more about things that he hadn't done yet and more about the frustration of his situation coming out of Buffalo and more about, you know, his frustration and displeasure and hadn't really been able to find a true toehold yet. And, um, so here he is in the playoffs, his first really good opportunity on a really good team, and he's not being a selfish offensive player. He's not being – I mean, he's, he's playing a well-rounded game. He's showing incredible toughness. Um, he's showing consistency Uh, absolutely the narrative on him I think was yet to be fully formed because the situation in Buffalo was so odd but he's definitely on the big stage Um, he's crushing it And, and good for him man, it was a rough go for him for a number of years and I just feel in a lot of ways what we're seeing right now is justifying the decisions he made, justifying the decisions he made to stand up for his health and the way he wanted to handle it it's all paying off now.
1: Joined by Ryan Rashog here on the Jason Greger Show. My name is Jason Strudwick on TSN 1260. Thanks for tuning in. You can always shoot us a text at 10 1260 in the Jiffy League to get involved. When you, if, if I assume that uh, Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, that'll be back-to-back years with orders lose to the eventual Stanley Cup winner.
0: Yeah. What,
1: what is that, like, what, what, what do you take from that?
0: Well, I take from it that, that they're close as an organization, you know, I mean it, it, it's different this year because they gave Vegas a heck of a better run than they gave Colorado last year. Not that they were absolutely dominated, but we all know it didn't take many games and the orders were in most of those games, but didn't feel as close. If Vegas wins the Stanley Cup here, the orders are going to know they were extremely close. You know, little bit uh, some breaks in either direction and that could easily be them like they're right there two years in a row if you lose to the stanley cup champion and you look at the way they lost to him this year Streds it just tells me i mean that should that should highly motivate those players you know i know they were disappointed last year but felt like they had a ways to go they i mean wouldn't you be feeling like you were so close if you were a player on that team and the way the series went against vegas and watching them do what they're doing
1: if I would, you'd be very, you'd be excited about it, thinking you are close, but it's still, there's still a little ways to go, right? Like, and you're like, hey, okay, you know, and I, and I quite, and if I'm being completely honest, I believe Colorado is a better, was a better team last year than Vegas is this year. That's, I don't know how everyone feels about that, but uh, I, I would yes. say that no, I agree Colorado would beat Vegas. Uh, I agree with mean, you.
0: Colorado was special last year and they had special yeah. players playing incredible hockey. They did. Vegas has did. really good players playing excellent hockey. Colorado mm-hmm. had special players playing special hockey.
1: Yeah. So so I like I, I think you feel better about it, but I think it also really it makes you think like if we beat one of those teams, we get to the Stanley Cup probably and then who knows, right? You get to that point, you don't you don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I uh, mean just a, a subtle uptick in the goaltending and no disrespect mm-hmm, to Skinner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and Campbell like um slight uptick in the goaltending, a little bit more attention to detail defending. Drysaddle went dry for a few games there at a tough time, was obviously really hard on himself. I don't think that happens again. Like, the margins are so thin, Strud's, and they're right there. They are right there right now.
1: Yeah, well said. Ryan Rashog here on the Jason Graves Show on TSN 1260. Big trade today uh, involving three teams that had very specific Outcomes they wanted. L. A. wanted cast base, Philly wanted, uh, uh, you know, future assets, and Columbus wanted a D-man. You know, you, you like this trade for for each team, or did one come out kind of ahead in any situation? Yeah,
0: you know, it's funny. I was I was on the golf course, and I'm reading this thing, and I'm trying to track it all in my head. I'm like, yeah. okay, so, okay. So I know. what is hap- Where is what happening? Like you know, when you're just reading it and you're trying to process it, you almost need like a diagram of it to just sort of show what everybody ends up getting. <clears throat> At the end of the day, the Blue Jackets improve their blue line as they see it. Um, you know, Philadelphia, you know, they get a goaltender who, you know, showed some promise and uh, shown that he can, uh, he can definitely play. And the L.A. Kings, you know, free up some space. I think there's probably – you can probably criticize each end of it if you really want to, but I agree with your initial analysis. Like, everybody kind of got what they wanted. And so while some people might criticize here or there or say, oh, you know, L.A. got fleeced or this or that or whatever, you know, you got three GMs that probably feel pretty good about what they were able to do for their team this year. And they're really getting ahead of it, aren't they? Like, really getting ahead of it here.
1: When you look at the Philadelphia Flyers uh, with, with a new GM, uh, and, you know, to be fair, like an inexperienced GM, but he he went out and he did kind of what he talked about, moved out a, 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 a guy that maybe isn't going to be there when they get better. So if I name off these, list off these players, <laughs> Kevin Hayes, connect me, um I'll go Rasmus Ritzalainen, and uh, Tony D'Angelo. Of yeah. those, i mean, I'll even put hearts in that group of those five, I know what what is there one or two you think that are next on the block to be moved out?
0: Yeah, good question. I mean, I think they'd like to move Reese to and if they could, wouldn't they? Um, yeah you know that just that that I mean and what a name he was uh, not too long ago, um but uh, I think you know probably hasn't worked out. Um, so that guy there, Connect me just signed the extension, though, didn't he? Didn't Connectney do a new deal? Um,
1: well, Konechny has two wrong? years left. Oh, he no, I'm two, sorry. Yeah.
0: I apologize. I'm thinking, thinking Sandheim. F- yeah, I, sometimes yeah, I get those two up in my brain. Sandheim is part of it moving forward. You know, good young defenseman. I think they, they would probably get out from underneath Line, and if they could. Though so you never know. You know, when a new brain trust takes over, when new people are in charge. They have their own relationships with these people, and they draw their own conclusions based on those relationships. And Sometimes people feel like, no, no, I know this guy. I know we can get more out of this guy than what he's shown. You know, Ristolainen is a good defenseman, and he has shown himself to be a good defenseman, and his cap hit is actually, you know, if he can play well, his cap hit is, is, is certainly not terrible. So new people in town might feel like they can extract something different. With a fresh start and fresh voices and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to the bone it goes. See,
1: when I'm looking at Philly, I, I think you've got to strip this thing down. You like do, who, who's, their, who, who's their best player? Right? Yeah. Sean Couture, is he ever going to be the same? Yeah. Uh, you know, no, so, and, I and I, let's be clear. I really like Sean Couture, really like him. Ryan Ellis. You know, where's his career at? I I have no idea what's going to happen to this guy. So that's two big pieces. Let's assume that they don't come back and play. So now, who's their best player? Is is it, you know, Kevin Hayes was a player apparently they were trying to move last year. Mm -hmm. Koneckney's a good young player. I don't think he's a superstar. Joel Farabee, pretty good young player. Same thing. Uh, You know, Scott Laudon. And after that, it gets damn thin on that forward group. And then back end, Rasmus Fitzalainen, D'Angelo, Sean Walker. Like, there's not yeah. much there, buddy. They're they're like one or two more moves out, and this team is taking it right into the gutter. And I I think that's what you're going to do if you're Danny Briere. Honestly, I I think that's yeah. don't you think that signals that with Provorov being moved out?
0: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know who knows exactly all the all, everything that's attached to him being moved out. Um, point, yeah. you know you got Ferry be there at five million signed long term as well. You know you look at their recent draft history, like they got Cutter Gochier in the five spot last year but really you know cam york a few years ago um you know yeah it's it's it is thin you do make a good point and it is thin and my guess is the new guys coming in have the green light to to go ahead and do what they need to do Um, how do you feel about tearing something down to the studs and rebuilding um with torts
1: well I, i don't you didn't hire that coach so I, I don't think it matters, and, and that's with all due respect to John Tortorella, right? Like I.
0: And yeah, but don't you get the feeling, bud, that he is powerful in this scenario? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that yeah. this is a scenario where the like the new management's coming in, and we'll see what happens with Torts I think Torts is sitting like over on the owner's side of the yeah. table, looking at the news. guy new guys saying, "Welcome to our organization, gentlemen." I he's got a seat at that table with those guys. Yeah. I'm not sure that's changing
1: and i'm not sure that's ideal like i'm just looking I at the team and that's trying to be asking. as 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 honest as i can be looking at this or this this group do i feel that they are two or three moves away from a playoff team i don't know i i have a hard time seeing that i think they're two or three moves away from a, a top 5 pick you know, yeah. I mean? like and, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's and one was today. You know what I mean? Like that's so I think they've got a lot of stuff to sort out. Um, and, and this is not being disrespectful to, to Tortorella. They have to think what's best. Like if they just try to keep you know, like you like you traded for uh, you know, D'Angelo or trained for Rasmus line, and like you're just kinda patching over the wound and not really letting it heal. Yeah. So I got a lot of uh, people
0: texting me asking about Carter Hart today too.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. It's funny. A lot of texts coming in here as well. Him and John Gibson. I don't know what happened. It's like those two guys are did all. Did somebody dump radar.
0: something on Twitter about the Oilers and Carter Hart? Because I, 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 I had,
1: had it. seen it. I haven't seen anything. I, I don't know. I, that, don't. That I mean, I the Oilers
0: searching. have two goalies. The Oilers goaltending tandem for next season is set.
1: Yeah, they're 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 not going to farm out a first round like they did. Yeah. L.A. did. So hey, you know what? I, I don't know. Let's let's see what happens. But this is something I think it's as you would say it's notable. They traded away a pretty good defenseman. Yep. For futures and. I don't think the head coach would be happy with that. I just don't, you know, like, Sean Walker's capable, but, you know, he's 28 years old. Is that guy going to be there in three years, four years? I I have a hard time seeing. uh, Well,
0: he's one of those guys that you want, like, if you you are going to sort of whittle it down a little bit, like, he's, you know, he's serviceable and he can play. But, I mean, they don't have a bunch of youth on the back. I mean, like, Sam, they don't. 27. Reese Delaney is 28. Like, D'Angelo's, you know, 20, what's D'Angelo, 27 years old. So, yeah. I don't know, man. You might be right. I just don't think that was the plan. Like, was that the plan when Torch got there to uh, to rip her down? Different management group. Different management group, right? Yeah, I guess
1: so. Someone's texting about Owen Tippett. Yeah, I like Owen Tippett. And I think he's probably part of the solution. But Owen Tippett is only 24 years old. Yeah. Right? And so we'll see. Uh, Shogger, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll chat with you uh, tomorrow. Right on. Sounds good, pal. Have a good one. You too. That was a Rashog Report brought to you by Next. And transportation. Let's get to break when we come back. Tell me I'm wrong here on The Grego Show, hosted by Strudwick and Connor Halley on Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Welcome back to the Jason Grego Show. My name is Jason Strudwick. Hope you have yourself a great day. Keep it up warm. Gregor will be back uh, tomorrow. The Grego Show is brought to you by playalberta.ca. You don't have to wait for the game day to place your sports bet. You can bet futures and place your bet on outcomes as far in advance as a full sports season before the season even begins. Place your futures bet today at playalberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated sports betting website. Um, a couple of texts I want to get to here, Connor. Um, Hey, Struddy, you forgot about Tippett. He's had a great year. He did have a good year. There's no doubt about it, but I'm just trying to figure out what does is, what is this group look like when they're when they're playing their best and without Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis, I don't think they're, well, I know they're not as good as they were. Kevin Hayes is making over $7 million. That's a pretty hefty price tag on, on, on that player. Um, you know, so let's see, let's see how this plays out. But guys, I I do believe that this is going to be a different looking roster. They're going to try to find some, uh, Find some cap flexibility and I think some 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 new players, some new young players to fit better. The pieces didn't seem to fit together there in Philly, but to be fair, they didn't have two of their most important players. Let's get to Tell Me I'm Wrong now, uh, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where their rates never change if you need a furnace or AC repair and maintenance. Anytime no AT charges, that's how you build a legacy at LegacyHeating.ca. The Jason Greger Show presents Tell
2: Me I'm Wrong.
1: Oh, man, that was a hard hit last night. Kachuk came off the bench, didn't charge, just got going in the right direction. Jack Eichel had his head down for a split second, which is unique for a player of that caliber. But to catch him at that time, Kachuk absolutely plowed into Eichel, plowed into him. Such a devastating hit. It was incredible and clean. And I don't want those hits to leave the game. I believe they're an important part of hockey. Now, it was a good hit. But I believe there was another hit that was much harder. And I believe that Barbashev, his hit on Gudis was even worse. Now, the best part of this is Gudis, who is no angel, and he was coming up to hit Barbashev. And Barbashev saw him and reversed hit him and absolutely plowed him over. Now, this is about five minutes in the first, if I remember correctly. And Gudis went off the ice and he didn't come back. Uh, now, who knows what that means from a uh, long term, but that hit, Connor, was such a hard hit. It was the hardest hit of the two between the Eichel hit and Barbashev. Tell
2: me, I'm wrong, Strutty, I, I think I just got to agree with you on this one. Uh, the, <laughs> the way Goudas went down, like he just like it was immediate. He he was dropped quite quickly. And you know, that, this is kind of your area of expertise. You know, when it comes to fighting and throwing the body in the NHL, you know this better than I will ever know. So uh I'm not gonna disagree with you. Uh like to see it, like to see these hits being thrown around in the in the cup final, build up the animosity. Uh one stole the headline, but uh yeah, I, I think one was a little harder. Oh, it was such a bomb. Absolutely crushed it. Crushed
1: it. And um, you know, you look at some of the some of the other hits we've seen in this playoffs, like the Sam Reinhardt on Slavin, no doubt that was a hard hit. No doubt about it. But I even think this one was harder than that. Gudas is one; they he, he used to say is one of the strongest guys in the NHL. And I, I'm guessing he still is. But that hit was so hard. Barbashev just rocking people left and right, absolutely left and right. Just incredible, just incredible. Uh, I have a couple texts here. Hey, Strad, I agree with you. Gudas didn't know where he was, and I, I he, yeah, you know, I don't know if he. I think he, he jumped up pretty quick, but he went off the ice. I it may be a shoulder issue he has, you know, something like that cuz that was just an absolute pasting by not not a really noted hitter in barbaschief but in Vegas he sure is playing like it. Hey, try barbaschief hit was a headshot was it really cuz it looked to me like Gudis was coming in to hit him. So what what is the situation there when a player is coming in to hit you? I think we got to be careful about that. And 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 the headshots were very quick to to say, well it's it's his fault, but what about the other guys? All right, let's do this. Let's um jump over now into the CFL report brought to you by All Supply, the only Canadian owned Valve Master Distributor exclusively supporting your local supply store. Alltechsupply.com strength through distribution. Now we know we got the uh, the elks uh playing this Sunday against uh, Saskatchewan, and I know that uh I probably shouldn't say anything, but I will. Uh low tide's been making candied apples. Right, but he can't find any apples, so he's using oranges. He's using, he's making candied oranges. I don't know how that's going to be with the peel on. Talk about a dud, Connor. But um, any any interesting notes you're looking at for this uh, weekend's action in the CFL?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, there's a few things. Uh, one one little programming note tonight at 6:30. It is the CFL's top 50 players on TSN One. So if you want to check that out, a little primer for you. Uh, that's always entertaining and it always creates debate, so that's fun to watch. Uh, there were some reports. Uh, questions about who would be starting for the Ottawa Redblacks. uh Jeremy Masoli nursing a bit of injury. Looks like he's going to miss up to two weeks here. So he will not be starting for the Redblacks when they get their season going. Nick Arbuckle, the former Elk, will get the nod under center for Ottawa. Uh, Nick Arbuckle, of course, I, like we talked about, he spent some time with you here in the CFL. And uh, kind of an interesting storyline, Shreddy. We, we hear guys being traded and moved around quite often, but you don't always hear about why it happened. Uh, the BC Lions trading away... Uh, Edge Rusher, Jonathan Kongbo, sending him to Hamilton. Uh, Farhan Lalji put it out there that he was told that Kongbo was not a fit in the room, and they wanted to move on from him to get back to the chemistry that they had. And he replied on Twitter. This uh, happened yesterday, saying, I was not a fit, in quotes, because I called out star players not showing up for practices and not wanting to work out. Culture matters. It's called Pro Football for a reason. Oh, so, geez. you know, you don't always Snapped. get that. And there was a lot of uh, quote tweets. There was a lot of, you know, people chiming in with that one. I love it. You don't get that in sports too often, Sturdy. But when you hear a pro athlete say, hey, this is why there was those issues, kind of nice to get a, a look inside.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I'm sure his ex-teammates love that.
2: <laughs> they love hearing that, right? Well, and one of his teammates, uh, Keon Hatcher, he says, but you quit, question mark, very pro of you, my boy, and yeah. you sure the feelings weren't hurt because you weren't in the rotation. So <laughs> when yeah. uh, BC takes on Hamilton, maybe we'll get a little bit of uh, well, some chippiness there. Yeah, yeah, no, they're.
1: I don't think they're going to be super thrilled uh, <laughs> with that, but it's good for us, buddy. I love seeing that type of action, seeing how it all kind of plays out um, in that moment. What do you think a key is for uh, the Elks as they're kind of looking at it? Is just preparing for the week. Is there anything in preparing for the week they need to kind of focus on, or is it just the basics, like, you know, just running the routes properly, You know, especially teams always talk about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, th- th- those are going to be, be uh, key points. I-, I think, you know, just the mental aspect of it, right? You know, you can't have those breakdowns like they had last season. Special teams, we saw it happen a few times. But uh, defensive assignments, knowing where you have to be, uh, You know, obviously, Coach Jones, uh, he hangs us out on being the defensive coordinator, the guru, right? Uh, The great cup team he had here in Edmonton was one of the best defensive units we've seen. And we think that's kind of the direction they're trying to get to. You can't have those big plays that just break the back, uh, you know, missed coverages downfield, avoid those sorts of things. And and the big one's going to be Taylor Cornelius. We've seen him progress in his time in the CFL. Last year, there was moments where he looked fantastic. He had a couple of comebacks where he just looked unbelievable. The decision-making was great. But then there was the odd time where he, he'd miss a wide-open player or have some questionable decisions. So it's on Taylor Cornelius on the offense. I know you're, you're going to try to get the run game going, but with all the weapons that we see here in the green and gold going forward here, uh, Gino Lewis joined us on the program last week. He was awesome. Uh, Manny, they've got a lot of playmakers. So I, I think, you know, defensively, you've got to play smart football. Offensively, they, sh- they should have a game-breaking offense. They should have some guys who can stretch the field. It's going to be a lot of fun Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I can't wait. looks like the weather's
1: going to be nice too, so that's going to be really good. Hey, uh, Connor and Studdy, thanks for the CFL report from Donnie M. You got it, buddy. We'll have lots of uh, CFL talks. We work our way through the uh, the rest of the week and when Gregory returns from his journey of self-discovery. All right, buddy, let's duck out here really quick. When we come back, help me understand. We've got a ton a ton coming in right now we'll get to those on the back side of this break on the jason gregor show hosted by jason strevick and Connor halley on empton sports leader tsn 1260 546 on the uh jason gregor show here today tsn 1260 i am jason strevick he is Connor halley gregor will be back tomorrow as will uh the morning show starts at 6 a.m tomorrow but right after this we got uh what is it the baseball game we're slipping into after this buddy
2: yeah, we will have uh, Jays and Astros. Did you want an update on that one? Ah,
1: could it be, could it be as rough as it was yesterday?
2: It could be the Jays. Well, I guess you know. Hey, the Jays were down one nothing after two pitches, so it was close. But it's the top of the third, and it's only one nothing still. So good. good, Yeah, it started off pretty bad, but it you know it peaked there.
1: Okay, well we'll we'll, we'll take that as a bonus from what happened <laughs> yesterday to poor Alec Manoa. Let's get to Help Me Understand now brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. They have all your corporate golf wear needs for upcoming golf tournaments from Nike, Under Armour, Callaway, and more. Book now at ElitePromoMarketing.com. I don't understand
0: it. I don't understand it at
2: all. I'm afraid I don't understand. Understand, do you? I don't understand. What? Uh, Help me understand. It's too technical for a layman to understand.
1: So today we're talking about, uh, we're asking you, the listeners in 101260, uh, to shoot in uh, texts to uh, let us know what you want us to help us understand or you need help with. We've got a ton of them. I'll get to the first one here, Connor, if you like. Hey, guys. From Vegarville, this one is. Help me understand why the media continues to say with Nurse you need to separate the contract from the player. Yet, with Yamo, you say you got to trade or buy him out because he's not living up to $3.1 million. But the media doesn't want to talk about how Nurse's $9.25 million contract will most likely be the reason why never won a cup because he's a $5 million D-man. So help me understand. Well, first off, I don't believe he's a $5 million D-man. I'd say he's a $7 to $7.5 million D-man. Uh, but the problem isn't Darnell Nurse's. The problem was the way the Oilers were handcuffed with contracts and unable to sign to a long-year contract and bridged them. And they got hit when all those other demons, Seth Jones, Renski, and these types, were signed those big extensions. Now he's not a perfect demon, but I believe when he plays a simple game, uh, is skate, physical, move the puck, he is a very effective guy. Um, he's not a true number one defenseman, and, and I've, I've never said he is. Now he gets paid like one, but he is like that. So the difference with Yamamoto is that in the playoffs, Yamamoto, it's very hard for him to compete at his size. And whether he's making 1 million, 5 million or 3 million, I'm not getting off that position. A smaller player is hard to compete. And I'm looking at Montreal with Cole Caulfield and Suzuki in a seven round match against a bigger group. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one, Beggarill. So that's what I, what I see there. Have you got one Connor you want to jump in on, or you want me to keep rolling here?
2: Well, and, and one, I mean, when you just further contracts sake, uh, Darnell Nurse, what You're stuck with it. He's got the no-movement clause. You're not going to trade it. Uh, With Kyrie Yamamoto, it's less. There is an option for a buyout, and it would probably be an easier contract to move. I don't know if that really makes that big of a difference, but one, you're stuck with. There's nothing you can do. He is your guy. The other could be gone next Good year, point. right? So I, I feel like, I don't know if that makes that much of a difference, but uh, that's how I look at it. Oh, I have one here. It's a little bit lighter, but I, I think you need to handle it. it. comes from Scott the Carpenter. Strutty, I just picked up a Dr. Deuce slush. Help me understand the cardboard straws. It just isn't the same. Oh,
1: do we really want to get into this? <laughs> I Listen, I'm here to help out with the environment. I get it. But the problem with cloth straws or whatever they are, they they freeze up, you know. They freeze up, and when that frees up, it, it just it's hard to enjoy the slurpee. Then they they get a little soggy too, right? They lose their stiffness. And if you don't like uh, if you like not stiff straws, that's the place for you. Now the slurpee still tastes the same. When you get a doctor do, oh man, it just hits your lips. It's just a beautiful thing. But I, I I don't know how we can get back to plastic. Is there another material we can use? can I buy maybe I guess I could probably buy buy like reusable ones would not that be the ultimate for the planet to do that but at those cloth straws Connor oh my goodness I could I just that's <laughs> just so frustrating <laughs> so frustrating
2: and now I mean I will say I know someone who I married who stocked up on the plastic straws went mm-hmm. out you know loaded up as a few but I think they're they're starting to find a better technology because I I think there's some people probably smarter than you and I maybe not you smarter than I though that re- realize the problem and went out there and tried to find another source because I've I've seen some like they're not plastic maybe in a traditional sense but the they feel very similar and they're starting yep. to figure it out so I I think we just yep. got to ride this out for a little bit longer and eventually someone is going to find a way to make it work. So much the biodegradable plastic straws that might be what I'm referencing like. We we'll be okay. don't worry, slurpy drinkers yeah it's it's difficult. It's difficult to make that happen. Um,
1: help me understand why NHL performance is always related to salary, but in the CFM we only talk about performance. Both leagues have caps. I'll take this one, Connor, but I believe it's because we truly don't know what everyone's salary is. Is there a website for that, Connor?
2: Uh, can't can't find cap geek CFL no it's not yeah
1: working. so I think yeah so I believe the reason is that we we don't know we don't know what their salaries are right now the salaries aren't as big uh, obviously so I think you know that that changes a bit but if you you could go by percentage of cap and I think that might be a way of doing it um, just to kind of make it all the same so I I I hear you I, I get like if you want to talk about that that's great but I. I think knowing salaries and stuff is important, I think it generates more interest in the league. And uh, for whatever reason, the CFL hasn't done that, which I'm sure they got their reasons. Just like,
2: I don't shave my head. Strutty, one more for you before we wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, We hear about it all the time in the NFL. How much does the elevation affect the Florida Panthers when they have to go play in Denver or the Miami Heat when they're playing the Nuggets? But it's crazy. It's so,
1: playing there, you feel like you have one lung. It is just crazy, but you get over it. Like you find, like I always found by the second, third period, I was into it. But it's not easy, man. What's it's it? not easy at all. Do
2: you give like the Miami Heat credit? Because I, th- I thought I saw the the Denver Nuggets. Like the Lakers didn't get a win there. The Heat found <laughs> a way. Give them a little more credit for that. Well, Jimmy buckets. I'm telling you, this guy's a is a junkyard dog, right? Alley cat. Call
1: him whatever you want, but he's he's figuring out this guy. He is. He never stops competing. Um, All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I want to thank all of our guests, which included uh, Tommy Gazzola, Paul Sir, Dave McCarthy, Patrick McDonald, Talking All Things Live, PJ Tour Merger, Eric Stevens, Ryan Rashog, and, of course, you, our texters at 101260s. I really appreciate all the texts that come in. We get a ton, so I can't get back to all of them, but thank you for chiming in. Connor, any final thoughts before we go to break, sir?
2: Uh, same as usual. Check the podcast. we are be at your podcast from tsn1260.ca, jasongreger.com. The archive shows us all the individual interviews. Go give him a listen.
1: And remember, Gregor's back tomorrow from 2 to 6, so be kind with your text. And I didn't call it one, my show one time. So I think for that, we shall say how awesome I am. So on behalf of Connor, uh, myself, and all your friends here at TSN 1260, thank you for listening. We always appreciate it. Let's get a sports update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Oh, no interest, no payments for one year on your AC unit. Be cool this summer with legacyheating.ca. Good night, everybody.